Welcome to the Caregiven Podcast. I'm Inga. And I'm Julie. And long story short, we have Caregiven. We are two mom entrepreneurs who have built an in-home care business from the ground up, guided every step of the way by God's care and fueled by agape love. Almost 14 years later, we felt called to create this podcast as a resource for families with caregiving needs. Whether you care for a family member or are looking for advice on professional caregiving, we want this to be a platform to support you. Each week, we will come to you with encouraging stories of families who have found the right balance for their loved ones, tips for how to care for them and you, and much more. We hope you continue to join us each week as we share in this exciting new journey together. Hello, sunshines, and hello, Julie. How the heck are you? I'm good. How are you, Inga? I am fantastic. Nice. Yeah, it's, the sun is shining a lot more. Yes. Blue skies. Yes. The weather is warming up. Warmer, yay. No complaints. No. Nobody listens anyway, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. I don't know what I would actually do if I asked you how you were, and you're like, I'm not good. Not good. You would just like, I, oh, I got to go to the other room. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. So thank you for not doing that. Well, we have a really fun podcast, actually. It's like right up my alley because I like the numbers and things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I figured I would be doing a lot of listening today because you and our guest (laughs) will be talking about stuff that's uh, really important in people's lives. Yes, yes. Well, he's going to give us all the good information. I'm going to intake it, process it, and then go out in the world and apply. Oh, deep. That's my plan. Wow. (laughs) I am impressed. And then you will help me apply. Yes, absolutely. I just hang on to the old shirt. Yes, yes. So speaking of, since we are going to be talking about some financial type things, mm-hmm. um, how intentional are you about planning for your financial future? You know, I've gotten really a lot more serious about it. Yeah. And um, as, as my husband and I both age, as, as we all do, um, I, I think about, oh my goodness, uh, what am I going to do with what we have created and, and be responsible with that? Right. And so uh we have done up our wills. We have done up all of our, our end of life paperwork. And it's, it's actually an amazing relief to get all of that done. Yes. It, it, it feels good. But the other thing is, is, and I know I've said this a thousand times, but I just can't even bring it home anymore, is they always say that the biggest gift you can give your kids is have to, your affairs in order. Mm-hmm. And um, so I feel like, wow, yay, I'm ahead of the good game for job. once. Good right, job. right. I don't intend to <laughs> kick the bucket soon, but <laughs> at this point, you know, just being able to, to rest with that, knowing that um, we're in good shape that way. Yeah, that's awesome. With what we have, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to be okay. You know, you just continue to always con- consider retirement and all of that, make changes, adjust as the world adjusts, and, and just try to make the best plan. Yep. Well, and my philosophy on uh, life insurance, which I do have a little bit of, is make sure that you're worth more alive than you are dead. <laughs> so I have a little bit, but not a lot. <laughs> you know, you don't want anybody getting any ideas. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Anyway, yeah, I've actually been, uh, the older I get, the more responsible I get about those things. Yeah. So I feel like we're in pretty good shape too. Yeah. Thinking about it, planning ahead, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're in good shape. So right. good. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, let's just roll right into our verse of the week. Yes. And this is uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable always, abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So our guest brought this to us today. Yes. Tunis, tell us about this verse. Well, it's a verse that's my life verse. 
uh, because sometimes in ministry, in life, uh, it especially in the day and age in which we live, it gets hard to keep going on. Mm-hmm. It gets hard to keep doing what God has called you to do. Uh, but this verse gives me encouragement and has for years that we're to be steadfast, immovable. Not because we're strong, but because we know that what we're doing, God's going to use to his glory, and that gives me comfort. I love it. Love it. So good. (laughs) So good. Yes. And so since we've brought you in already, we should tell everybody who you are, huh? Just briefly, you're Tonus Paulstead. That is correct. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about you. Um. Born and raised in, on a farm in North Dakota. Um, thought I was going to be a veterinarian. I knew I was going to be a veterinarian until God used organic chemistry to show me that I was not <laughs> going to be a veterinarian. Uh, I went into teaching. I taught high school industrial arts for eight wow. years, welding machine shop and auto mechanics. Oh, wow. And all the time kind of running from the Lord, uh, to go into ministry, I didn't think a kid that uh, couldn't get up in front of his class and give a speech uh, was ever going to be a preacher, and my class was only six, <laughs> so that was uh, hard to overcome, but that's where God equips us to do what he wants us to do, and I've been in ministry now for 30-some years. I've been doing development work for 24 years. Married to a wonderful woman, Mary. Uh, June first will be forty-eight years. Oh, with nice, her. nice! So. Oh, that's fantastic! I love it. Well, we're so glad to have you here, and um, we're excited to talk about estate planning. And you're going to give us a lot of information. But before we get into the nuts and bolts of that, <laughs> I think we will go ahead and have our good news stories. Yes. What did you bring today, Julie? So today, um, <clears throat> because we were talking finances, I actually one of my uh, favorite books is <laughs> Rich Dad Poor Dad. And uh, that's just a, a, a good situation where this, um, this, the guy that wrote this, he, um, he had two fathers. One was um, very well, well educated. The other was from the school of hard knocks. One was a rich man. One was a poor man. But um, he was able to watch both of those models and, and find out where he needed to go. And his favorite uh, poem, which is actually in the book, is by Robert Frost, The, the Road Not Taken. So I have to, oops, find my glasses because it's small print. Um, <clears throat> the road not taken. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveler long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves, no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how a way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in the wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all of the difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I love going on the internet and um, trying to look up and find things that inspire me or stories that I want to share. And I happened to stumble across a gem last night. And it actually is a website that's called loveforourelders.org. 
I'm going to go ahead and read to you guys basically just the about information and then tell you what I want to do with this because I'm very inspired by it. So it says, hey, I'm Jacob. I'm a recent grad from Yale University writing for children's TV and theater and proud founder of Love for Our Elders. I founded Love for Our Elders in 2013 because of my grandpa. A grandparent's love will never grow old. Growing up, my Saturday afternoons were colored by strolls in the neighborhood park with grandma and grandpa. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, they treat me to crackers and milk and a cookie if I was lucky. We'd even vacation together, have sleepovers, and play Scrabble. This all reminds me of my own grandparents, so it's pretty close to home. Um, I was devastated when my grandpa died. To honor him, I began to volunteer at my local senior living community as the bingo boy, theatrically calling out letter number combinations to enthusiastic (laughs) players. You'd be amazed how competitive our games could become. (laughs) I started visiting the residents one-on-one, and some of them became my best friends. During my awkward teenage years, when I often felt alone, I found people who cared about me. But I quickly found out the world didn't always care about them. In fact, many would tell me that I was their only visitor, Um, They hadn't heard from family in months. Mm. That didn't seem fair. At 13, it was common sense. The residents made me feel so loved, so surely they deserve to feel the same. I went home and began scribbling handwritten letters of love to give to my older friends. It made them smile. I traded my title for letter boy. Since then, I've been on a mission to alleviate a growing loneliness epidemic. The stats um, behind social isolation in 2020, 7.7 million community dwelling adults aged 65 and older in the United States were socially isolated, and 1.3 million were severely socially isolated. More strikingly, 43% of Americans aged 60 and older report feeling lonely, which is shown to increase the risk of dementia, heart disease, stroke, and premature fatality from all of those causes. So basically, this gentleman, Jacob, has gone out and he started this website, um, loveforourelders.org, and basically it's kind of like a pen pal type situation, other than um, you don't expect to receive mail back from these individuals, but you can go on the website and you can, they have, um, I think I saw like six or eight people on there, and it sounds like monthly they rotate people through. Um, you can nominate people to receive letters. Oh, you can wow. go on there. You can write letters. So I already last night when I found it, I wrote my letter. The, oh. uh, one of eight oh. or ten or how, eight, six, however many people were on there. <laughs> but I'm so excited. And I actually want to um, start something within our own organization and have our caregivers start responding and, and sending. And then I think we can take it to some of the youth organizations that we work with. Yeah. HFFA. Um, I just thought it was such a great thing because... Just think about how much fun it is to receive something in the mail when you're not expecting it. Yeah. And then just a fun, bright card, somebody telling you, hey, I really hope you have a good day. Oh, so check it out. Loveforourelders.org. Um, good job, Jacob. I'm so glad that you fell into this and, and loved this and started this. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. If you have a chance, go check out the website because I... I, I think I called you. You did. You called me last <laughs> I night. Like, going, oh my I gosh. I struck the coolest gold. thing. <laughs> this is so cool. So, yeah, I'm excited about oh. it. So hopefully our listeners will be excited about it as well. Oh my gosh. I, I can't even. Yeah. It, you're, you're, you're so excited about it. It's just contagious. Oh uh, yes. Yes. I, I love it. We will put the um, website in our show notes. So if you don't remember it or don't have a chance to write it down, it'll be there. You can go find it later. And, and I'm challenging all of you to please go and write some letters. Challenge it'll be fun. accepted. It, it's just good for the heart. Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. Good. All right. Well, now that we got that stuff out of the way, um, it, it's really time to start our discussion with you. Yes. So first of all, how are your travels? My travels are good. I, uh, I'm. This is my last flying trip for the year. Oh wow! I try to get most of those done the first part of the year. There you go. But 
And where are you based out of? I'm I'm based out of Minneapolis. Yeah. And I travel 22 states for the AFLC, the Free Lutheran Church. Wow. To visit with donors. I I call on about 650 donors. Oh. Wow. Just a small job. Just a small (laughs) job, yes. But you're ending your, you're flying for the year with a podcast here in Kalispell, Montana. Yep, but then starting the following week, I'll be in a car traveling, oh. driving. <laughs> I'm Lucky on the guy. Road, I'm on the road about every other week, somewhere. Well, you have a passion for this, so that's why you do it, right? And you've been doing it now for over 24, 24 years. years. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So you know what you're doing, and <laughs> people like you, and... and well, I hope so. <laughs> well, I find you delightful. <laughs> Yes. The moment that I just met you, I thought, this is this guy is my homie. We're yeah. going to be friends forever now, whether he wants to be my friend or not. <laughs> He's stuck with me now. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right, I'll quit kidding around. So along with your fundraising efforts and, and, and speaking with donors and such, you also have education for people. Um, and today we're actually going to talk about estate planning. Yes. And so that's a deep topic. And so we have some pointed questions for you. Okay. And we're just going to nail those so that you can <laughs> share the wealth and, and go from there. So Well, what, what let's, let's be careful with that. I am not an attorney. <laughs> right. So yeah. I cannot give legal advice sure. of exactly. any sort. Um, but over the years, I have learned uh, a lot from talking with lawyers mm-hmm. and from visiting with, with individuals about estate. Right, so, right, so. right. Sure. Absolutely. This is just good general information. And then when you actually go into play, um, you have to get that attorney in there to, Correct. to Correct. make sure all of the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Correct. Got you. What Love exactly that. is estate planning? Um, estate planning, some would say it's for when you get old. I would say that's a misnomer. Mm -hmm. Estate planning is for uh, individuals of any age that are earning income or have a family. Um, Estate planning is setting up what is going to happen with Mm -hmm. what you have left at the end of life. And I normally work mainly with the Christian community. Mm -hmm. And so I always would approach it from the fact that God entrusts to us what he wants us to have, Mm -hmm. and we are to be the best stewards of that as we can be Mm -hmm. during our lifetime, but he also wants us to be good stewards of it as we look at coming to the end of life and where that is going to go Mm -hmm. and how it's going to be used, and that's what estate planning is all about, is setting up what... God wants you to do with what's left. Mm-hmm. Um, estate planning is also good for younger families from the standpoint that it used to be that if a family had children and the parents died in an accident, mm-hmm. other family members would take it over. Mm-hmm. That's not always the case anymore. Right. Uh, the state gets involved, and they're ca- most of the time they will go to family members, but the parents who have passed away may not want certain family members. And it's best to have that laid out in some form of an estate plan as far as documentation is concerned. Right. What decisions are made after you're gone, and is it according to what you want and what God's wishes are for you? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Is an estate plan different than a will? 
I, I, no, it's not. Okay. A will is part of an estate part. plan. Okay. Uh, a will is your basic instrument or tool to start your estate planning. And some people have mm-hmm. everything laid out in just a will, but some individuals want to have a little more s- specificity okay. to what they are doing, and they will then create trusts mm-hmm. that funds can go into and be dispersed over a period of time. So a will is part of okay. a, a larger estate plan. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so tell us why estate planning is so po- so important. I mean, I know you've already kind of touched on those things, but what are the highlights of why this is so important and people should take it very seriously? Well, for a number of years, and I still run across individuals that figure that um, when they pass away, all that they have is going to their family, mm-hmm. even if they do not have a will. Mm-hmm. That is not the case. Right. Every state in the union has a will for you if you don't have one. And then the state gets involved in helping decide where those funds would go. Okay. Uh, so it's very important, especially if you have s- certain ideas, and as a Christian, you have certain leadings from the Lord as to where it should go, Mm -hmm. you need to set that up. You need to put it into place, whether it is in a will, whether it's in a trust, or whether it's in uh, another form of a documentation, Mm -hmm. so that you control and be still being good stewards of what the Lord has entrusted Mm -hmm. you with. Mm -hmm. Right. So basically, you're making your own decisions and or you're giving the power to someone that you trust to make those decisions versus a state coming in and saying, well, this is going here, this is going here, and then you lose all control of that. Correct. And the other part of it is, as you mentioned earlier, Julie, about the best gift you can give to your children is to have things planned out. Mm -hmm. Well, as a pastor, the best funerals I've ever done (laughs) are ones that I have sat and talked with the couple and they have planned out their entire funeral arrangements (laughs) and everything uh, because it takes the burden off of the children. Mm -hmm. Well, what was mom's favorite verse? What was her favorite or his favorite hymns? What were the things that were close to them? What scripture would she want preached at the funeral? Right. The same thing is true with when it comes down to the financial aspect of it. Um, and unfortunately, even within Christian families, when money gets involved, mm. families can disintegrate very quickly mm-hmm. because of the fact that they feel that's theirs, mm-hmm. it belongs to them. And not always do families agree as to how that should be divided up Mm -hmm. whereas if you take the time to plan that estate lay it out specifically then the decisions have already been made and the family the children have nothing to real they may not like it right yeah but it's been taken out of their hands Mm -hmm. to decide how that is to be done right so I have a question for you. Um, I, I know of a scenario where actually um, there's already infighting within the family and the parents are still alive. 
Um, so how do you deal with that? And then also what happens with uh, a diagnosis of any confusion, dementia, Alzheimer's, and all of that? So that's kind of a two-part question. Well, the second part I'll deal with a little bit later because a little bit later, but that's uh, tough to deal with. Yeah. Um, for those that are already involved in, in fighting within the family and the parents are still living and they're of solid mind, um, I would encourage them to sit down with an attorney or sit down with a trust account uh, and set up something to take away that fighting because the funds that they're dealing with belong to the Lord, but mom and dad have been given them by the Lord, and they're the ones that need to make the decision as to where that is to go. And if they set up the proper documentation, that's going to eliminate, hopefully, not always, but hopefully the infighting within a family. <clears throat> now, with the case where there may be some memory loss, there may be early stages of dementia or mm -hmm. Alzheimer's, that's a whole different ball game because there it can be very easy for the children to prove that somebody came in and tried to manipulate mm -hmm. the parents to do the best right. wishes. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, that happens. Right. Um, I will say personally, whenever I'm dealing with a, a family or a couple and that's starting to enter in and they don't have it set up, that I will back away from it. Mm -hmm. Because as the church body, the last thing I want to be do have done is accuse that we are in there manipulating mom sure. and dad to get their funds to come to the church, even though that may be what their intent was. Sure. But if these things are starting to enter in, right. children have that to use right. against. You don't want to be seen as having influenced them. That is correct. Correctly. Yeah. So basically, your, your uh, words of wisdom here is start sooner than later. Absolutely. Start sooner than later and then always have your will or your documents looked at every five to seven years okay. because of the fact that estate planning or estate laws or wills, the laws change. Oh, boy. And so <laughs> it's always good to have them looked at every five to seven years just to make sure that what you've set up is correct. Yes, I set something up, or Kevin and I set something up probably 20 years ago and haven't looked at it again. I'm the worst. I'm the worst at she passing is. out advice and then taking my own advice. Would and the, you please get that taken away? I know. Look at? I feel like I'm going to have to now because I, <laughs> I feel like I owe that to you. <laughs> um, talking about the funeral and pre-planning pre the funeral, Julie had started that process and so the gentleman that came in here to help her with that then started <laughs> calling me, and I finally had to tell him, listen, I'm avoiding you. <laughs> Call me in three months. I'm not ready to deal with this, and I have to get, I have to get past that oh. and just get it done. It's I mean, not, I was honest. <laughs> it's, it's not as hard as you think. Yeah. It yeah. really yeah. isn't. Yeah. And it's so. so easy because they just go down this list of questions and say, uh, do you want snacks at your, <laughs> you know, who do you want to speak for you? What music? Uh, flowers. I, it, I was mind blowing at, I was like, oh, wow. Well, I never thought about that. Now, how much do you want to spend on flowers? Well, 
gosh, you know, <laughs> so it just, it, but they just walk you through every bit of it. And, and that is huge because I don't want my kids to have to guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's very solid advice. Yeah. <laughs> they thought I was very weird. Um, <laughs> when I said, Oh guys, uh, my funeral's all figured out. And they're just like, uh, okay. <laughs> I've got a daughter that's that way. And we've told her all, we've got uh, our plot picked out and we're going to get our headstones and everything and everything. She goes, don't talk to me about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to know. Yeah. No. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh but. gosh. Yeah. But all of this planning brings peace of mind. It brings peace of mind. It gives you the fact that you're not leaving your family in a lurch when they're at a time where they should be just purely grieving Mm -hmm. and having to deal with that. Yeah, that's enough. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So can you get by with doing nothing? Yes, you can. (laughs) How does that usually pan out? (laughs) You can get by with doing nothing, um, but then again, like we said earlier, you're leaving and putting part of that doing nothing and decision-making into the hands of the state. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I'm not saying that they won't do a good job because most of the time the funds or the property will go to the family, but not always. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you can. I would not suggest it. I would not recommend it, um, although I have one gentleman that I call on, and he's a, a farmer and still has procrastinated on doing anything, and he owns hundreds of acres of land that's worth about $15,000 an acre. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you can't yeah. force somebody to do sure. something. Um, and, you know, they're still living in the past where, yeah, it's just get passed on. Right. Well, we're not in the 30s anymore. Right. I think a lot of what Julie and I try to do is just educate people. Yeah. And, you know, that then they can make their own choices, but at least get good information out there, which is why we invited you here today. Yeah. <coughs> There's one thing I'd like to share within the whole estate planning thing. Um, most families, when they go in to do estate planning, they walk into the lawyer's office and they say, we want to set up our estate. Mm-hmm. Now, not all, because I can't use the term all as a blanket statement, but the vast majority of attorneys, mm-hmm. they will say, okay, you're leaving everything to your children. This is the best way to set it up. This is the best way for them. This is the best way for you for avoiding taxes and all this other stuff is mm-hmm. concerned. And for the most part, a lot of times in the secular world, that's what's going to happen. Right. But for Christians, for those that love the Lord and they realize the Lord's given them everything, um, they're not always necessarily going to leave everything to their children. Mm -hmm. They realize that (laughs) if they do, it could hurt their children worse than leaving them nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, So they will go in and determine... How can I best do this? Well, there's a way that Christians or people can set up uh, their estates so that they can earn income for the rest of their life and they still can take care of their children too. Mm -hmm. 
um, and provide for the charities mm -hmm. that they have a heart for. Mm -hmm. One of those examples is charitable remainder trusts. Mm -hmm. And a charitable remainder trust is, as it says, it's for a charity. Mm -hmm. um, it is excellent use for uh, highly appreciated assets, mm -hmm. such as land mm -hmm. or stocks or business, um, because you can then put that property or stock into the trust. The trust sells it. It pays no capital gains taxes because it's a nonprofit. Mm. Whereas if you sold those stocks or that property, you would end up paying 25, 26, 27 percent capital gains taxes. Oh on my it. goodness. Mm -hmm. And on a million dollars, you've lost $250,000. For the? For uh, the capital gains taxes. So for those, once again, this is Inga's <laughs> world. So for those that um, would leave that million dollars to their kids, the kids are going to have to pay that tax. But if you put it to a charitable, they, they don't have to pay that tax. Well, no, because if right now inheritance tax, <coughs> well, they would have to pay capital gains taxes. Mm -hmm on it, but they wouldn't have to pay inheritance taxes because I believe the amount now that a, a child can inherit from their parents is like $5.3 million. Okay. Sorry, without. kids. <laughs> Not going to be inheriting that from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the charitable remainder trust is, is such a good... For example, I had a farmer in Montana mm -hmm. that ended up not able to farm anymore he had a million dollars worth of equipment. Mm -hmm. um, his CPA told him if he sold it, he'd be paying 25% capital gains taxes because it was already depreciated. Mm. He put that machinery into the trust. The trust sold the equipment. A million dollars went into the trust, and he has named charities for those funds but him and his wife are getting 6% interest a year off of that trust. So they're getting $60,000 a year from the trust to continue to live on until their death. Wow. And they can give to their children out of that. They could buy life insurance policies out of that for their children, which because life insurance is not you don't pay inheritance tax right, on life insurance, right. et cetera, et cetera. So um, there's avenues that families can use, couples can use, where they can give to the charity, still provide for their kids, and still get income for life. Oh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And most attorneys won't tell you that because I was at a seminar with seven attorneys, and they all said we never learned anything about this in school. It was after they got out, and there they were all had come to know the Lord. They said it was after school. We started dealing in the Christian community. That's when we learned out about charitable remainder trusts and avenues that are very beneficial mm -hmm. for that type of thing. Sure. Hmm. Yeah, it seems like a, a win in a lot of ways. <clears throat> so many. Yeah. We uh, we just this past year lost a, an incredibly beautiful woman out of our congregation, and um, she was very, very giving. And it, it was just awesome to watch that unfold with different gifts that would come, and they'd say, well, she did this, and later on she did this. And it, was, it, was all, it was wonderful because it was so heartwarming. 
that, you know, we knew that her children were well taken care of, but she also was giving to her, her, her family, her church family. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so basically a couple questions there, uh, back to the, the estate planning there's, and you leave it to chance. Um, a lot of families nowadays, um, with blended families, it gets even muddier, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. But it, there's ways to work around that if you set up the proper documentation. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I know you have to have a lawyer involved, and yes, that's going to cost you some money. Mm-hmm. But if you do it properly, that money is going to be well spent to prevent issues in the family after you're gone. Right. It really, it's never a bad idea to just really clearly define the expectations so that everyone knows, you know, what is going to happen when the situation comes. So invest the money in it, I think. I'm telling that to myself right now. (laughs) (laughs) It it is. And, And, you know, people think lawyers' fees are exorbitant, and I can't argue they still are. But if it's going to help you solve or save issues in the family, if it's going to then provide the way for you to uh, disperse your estate the way you feel the Lord wants you to, it's money well spent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. Right. So um, it's uh, there's a way with the estate planning. Is that where you were talking about being a uh, current giver? I have found over the years that individuals that have set up their estates and they know what they're doing, they know what they have, they know what is going to be coming in because of their investments and stuff, it has given them peace of mind to become more generous givers because everything is laid out. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of them that don't have it laid out, they don't know where they sit, they've got an idea, but they're not sure. Uh, So when you get it all laid out and planned correctly, people have found that they've got more money to become current givers to their local churches, to to the local body of church ministries that are out there, and they become blessings to people because they realize that they've been more blessed than what they have thought. For example, I had a little lady that we worked with, she has since passed away. Uh, We were sitting down and working with her estate, her attorney, her personal representative, and she was sitting there listening, and she goes, who are you guys talking about? Because her estate was somewhere over $2 million. Oh. (laughs) And I says, we're talking about you. I says, you've been blessed beyond. No, I don't have that much. And, and she did, literally she did. Oh. And, um, <clears throat> but until she sat down and looked at it and walked through it, she did not realize what size wow. of an estate she had. Wow. And she became a very generous giver. In fact, she left most of it to the church after she had passed away. Wow. Um, but before that, she had been giving a little bit. Sure. But now she just knew what she had. Oh, right. so when you're going to your attorney, you bring in. Um, so when you're pulling this all together, we're talking bank accounts, stocks, 
acids bland uh, cows cows I have cows um, <laughs> sheep and sheep <laughs> and, um, and uh, farm <clears throat> equipment all of that equates into this that all will equate into what your net worth is okay yeah so then and they're going to be asking you questions to help you determine what your net worth is and then from there uh, with your ideas as to what you want to have happen they can lay it out to uh, accommodate you and your husband as to where that is to go. Sure, sure. Now, something that is um, something that Inga and I are going to at some point have to deal with is this business. Mm-hmm. Yes, so if you, you grow this, let's say you grow this, so this whole thing, you've got franchises in 30 states, and all of a sudden the two of you become multimillionaires. It's going to yeah. happen. <laughs> you, well, the, the home care, the health care market in this country, yeah. you're dealing with the baby boomers, of which I am one. Yes. That's, be, that's still the largest population in this country, but it's the oldest population mm-hmm. in this country. And so that market is going to stay very busy and very secure for a number of years yet mm-hmm. to come. Mm-hmm. But if the Lord does bless you that way... Yeah, that's something the two of you will have to determine. What are you going to do with it? If someone offers to buy you out, then what? What what are you going to set it up to look at? Are you going to pay all the capital gains taxes? Or are you going to have it set up in such a way that it can go certain places to do and accomplish other things that the two of you want to have happen? Yeah. We have a lot to think about. Oh, my <laughs> word. I, I thought I had my affairs in order, and I need to go back and make sure they're in order order. <laughs> it's not a simple thing. No, no. It's not. You know, because it, it comes out that you actually have more than what you think you have. Oh, I think well, so. And, and it's interesting because when Julie and I started this business, we just kind of jumped off a cliff, and we had – we just knew that there was a need and we knew that we could do it better than what was currently happening or what we were seeing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was like very humble in the way that it got going. And then the more we built, the more excited we got about it and the more we loved what we do, uh, not just giving to the clients that we care for, but the wages that we pay in the community. And then we thought, wow, you know what? We love it so much here in our hometown. We think that we should offer this as an option for other people in their hometowns. And so it's just grown and grown and grown. Um, I always knew that that it had the potential and that our partnership and my husband is a partner as well. Um, I, I knew that we had the ability to do it. But then again, I think about it and think, did I ever think it would be this? Um, yeah, we um, we do pride ourselves on being a Christian-based mm-hmm. business. Um, but from the day that we jumped off that cliff, like I had said earlier, we were blessed. We've been blessed every day. And it, it's just amazing what God has provided for us to be able to then serve others. Well, praise the Lord for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a need. There's a need. Yeah. And I've not one time have I ever gone to bed at night and thought, this isn't going to work. Not once ever. Right. Every night I go to bed and I'm I'm at peace and I know that we're doing the right thing and for the right reasons and making an impact and that God will provide for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to then um, not just your personal assets, but then also 
our 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 business stuff. That's all got to come together to be equated. Mm-hmm. It okay. does. Okay. Wow, so much to think about. What else do you need to tell us? <laughs> we could obviously talk about this for hours and hours. <laughs> um, I guess there's one thing that I would just mention to you two and to your listeners is that I was at a seminar I put on once, and a gentleman asked the question, well, isn't everything we have supposed to be given to our kids? He says, isn't that biblical? Mm. And I said, no, I don't believe that it is. I said, because the only account in Scripture or one of the accounts in Scripture that's the clearest is the prodigal son. The prodigal son came to his father and said, give me my portion of the inheritance. Mm -hmm. It wasn't everything the father had. It wasn't all of it because the father continued to farm or do his business and another son. Mm -hmm. um, and so we don't know how much that was. It had to be a significant amount. But in light of that, it doesn't mean that just because we're coming to the end of life, everything needs to go to the children. Mm -hmm. I had one gentleman once, I, he was worth millions. I said, what would happen if you left it to your kids? He says, it would hurt them more than help them. I says, then is that what you want to do? Mm -hmm. He goes, no, I don't. And then he looked at me and he says, well, what should I do with it then? I said, I can't answer that. Mm -hmm. I said, the Lord gave it to you for a reason. You and the Lord need to start <laughs> talking as oh, to what no. that reason is. <laughs> yes. Because oh. he didn't give it to you for no good you know, there's a purpose right. and plan that he has for it. Mm -hmm. But he's the one that's got to tell you, you what to do. You need to, to work it out with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so don't think, people don't need to think that it's got to go to the children. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it does. Mm -hmm. But not always. Right. The Lord's got a plan. And that's where I always encourage people to be really praying about what it is that the Lord wants you to do mm -hmm. with what he's entrusted you. Wow. That basically sums it up, doesn't it? Oh, my goodness. It does. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I don't know that we um, actually did say that um, you are with the, um, the Association of Free Lutheran Congregations. You are the director of development there. That's correct. And so you've been doing that, like we said, for 24 years plus. And so this is your, your gift to... Uh, the, the gift that God gave you was the ability to come out and, and talk to people and talk about tough, tough, tough topics. It is. And, and some people tell me that I could never do your job, go ask for money. I says, <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. I said, I just talk about building relationships, mm -hmm. sharing what God's doing, giving them the information that they need. The Lord does the job of asking for the money. Mm -hmm. I don't. And every day he surprises me to no end that <laughs> he can do far more than I could ever being the best salesman in the world to get for money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I just leave that up to him. Okay. But it is a blessing to sit down and visit with people and hear their passion, hear their heart, hear what God's doing, and then see them become a blessing 
to other ministries, to the church, local church, and and just see the joy that they have. That's what keeps me going. That's awesome. Sounds like you uh, enjoy going to work every day. I do, even <laughs> though this year I turned 70. Oh, what? Um, <laughs> and people ask me when I'm retiring. I go, I have no plans on retiring. Oh, that's fantastic. So. Huh. I love it. Yes, I do too. Well, we always wrap up our podcast with a, a grandma saying or some some bit of advice or something. And uh, there's something that your mother-in-law has always told you and your wife. Can you share with us what that is? <laughs> Bless her soul. She's walking the streets of gold. But she always said to <laughs> us, God will always supply your every need. And she's always been absolutely correct. Even that's when we were first married and all we could eat was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> And we had a bill due at the end of the month, and it was a certain amount, and we had no income coming in, and all of us, it would never fail. There'd be an envelope, there'd be something, and just the exact amount of money that was needed for that bill at that time. And God always provides. Yep. And, you know, she always used to say, too, you can never outgive God. <laughs> oh, that is gold. It is. And I always use the ex analogy now, being a farm boy. Now, do you guys, you ladies know what a scoop shovel is? Oh. <laughs> For do, shoveling grain? Do we know what a scoop right. shovel is? <laughs> I always say it this way. We use a scoop shovel to shovel out. God uses a semi to dump in. Oh. You'll never keep up. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that is, that's gold. I love it. Oh. Well, thank you so, so very much for being here and taking the time to visit with us. Um, for our listeners out there, if you have not yet subscribed, please go do that. You can do it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You can always watch our podcasts on YouTube. Um, please leave us a review. If you have a chance, go and join our Apaga Karen Share group on Facebook. And I think that about wraps it up for the day. So yeah. anything else, Julie? Oh, I just want to thank you again. Um, you're here for a very short time in, in our little uh, area in Montana. And um, for you to set time aside to come and visit with us um, after you got a random phone call from me. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, uh, you know, I need to pray about this. Let me get back to you. And I'm sure he was like, Facebook, who is this crazy lady? No, I was just scared to death. <laughs> well, you're doing a fine job. Yes, yes. You are now an official podcaster. Uh. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, we thought we might just turn it over to you right from the beginning because we take a little bit of time to get organized before we get started yep. and you are ready to roll. Yeah, yes, and we just thank you. you know, we know you're a busy guy and, and you have blessed us today with everything. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for inviting me and you two have been a blessing to me <laughs> and just to hear what you are doing and in the area of home care and the hearts the two of you have. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Oh, my goodness. Have a good day.